and welcome. You're listening to The Final Word on Met Radio 1280 AM in Toronto. It's November 17th. I'm your host, Gabriela Silva-Ponte. Guys, I may or may not have lied last week. Today, I'm coming at you with another live segment, and we'll be covering stories from a local Winnipeg artist's music to a rally for Pharmacare. As always, let's first take a look at today's top news, as reported by Anna Giselle Funis Eng. forces have invaded al-Shifa hospital in Gaza. Reports show Israeli defense force began raiding the hospital Wednesday. The IDF claim it is, quote, beating heart, unquote, of Hamas fighter operations. Hamas has denied the allegations that their headquarters lie beneath the hospital. The CBC reports that the raid comes after days of Israeli troops circling the hospital. Israel confirmed their troops killed people in a clash outside as they entered the hospital Wednesday. Witnesses told the press they heard shooting outside the hospital. Reuters reports hundreds of patients are trapped without electricity for basic equipment inside the hospital. They say thousands of other civilians are using the hospital to shelter. Officials in Gaza say that as many as three newborn babies have died in recent days as the Israeli forces have began encircling. Reports of the hospital raid have also pushed the United Nations Security Council to call for urgent, quote, humanitarian pauses, unquote. They say, quote, sufficient amount of days, unquote, is needed to allow for the entry of humanitarian aid access. CBC reports that Israel continues to reject calls for ceasefire, which the United States supports. The head of the World Health Organization has condemned the military invasion into the hospital, saying to reporters, quote, hospitals are not battlegrounds. A doctor from the Al-Shifa hospital working with Doctors Without Borders told the CBC his connection is limited due to cut communication lines. He says doctors are pleading for an evacuation plan for the hundreds of patients. CBC has uncovered that the Ontario provincial government is giving more funding to for-profit clinics than certain OHIP-covered surgeries. Public hospitals that perform the same surgeries as private are receiving less funding consistently. Data obtained doesn't show specifics of the 70 surgeries covered. It also doesn't specify how many were privately carried out and covered by the provincial government. Doug Ford says the system set in place is used to reduce wait times for certain surgeries. 
CBC has reported that data shows private, for-profit clinics neither reduce wait times or save on taxpayer money. Canada's largest grocers are reporting a rise in sales and profits in their latest quarterly earnings. Metro and Loblaw are both saying their sales growth in pharmacy and cosmetics are responsible for the driving sales. Metro CEO says the company's earnings come in response to a large demand for Ozempic, a diabetes medication. He says its recent popularity as a weight loss drug is contributing to record sales. Metro is reporting an overall increase of almost $170 million in the last quarter, a rise of 14%. Their sales in the last quarter added up to just over $5 billion. They say it's an increase from about $4.5 billion last year. Loblaw reported a revenue of over $18 billion this quarter. They say their maxi and no-frills discount stores are seeing higher traffic as of late. Global News says their brands No Name and President's Choice continue to outpace national brands with higher prices. Experts say discount grocery stores are becoming more competitive as other stores are converted into discount locations. Canadian Finance Minister Chrystia Freeland told Press Wednesday that Canada's grocery sector needs more competition. To balance inflation and rising food prices, she says major changes need to be made to the industry. Finally, in the UK, British plans to deport migrants to Rwanda are struck down by its highest court. The British government says they're still trying to send migrants to Rwanda despite the Supreme Court ruling. The court deemed the plan unlawful, saying asylum seekers wouldn't be safe once entering Rwanda. Global News says the ruling comes as a hit to one of Prime Minister Rishi Sunak's key policies. Sunak told the press he is committed to carrying out deportations to Rwanda by next spring. Sunak has promised that his government will make a legally binding treaty with Rwanda to pass it as a safe country. Sunak also says that if he continues to face legal challenges to his policies, he is willing to leave international human rights treaties. Global News says Britain and Rwanda agreed in 2022 to send stowaway migrants arriving in the UK to Rwanda. Asylum claims would be handled in Rwanda, and if passed, migrants would stay there. Britain says the plan is not just to rid themselves of migrants, but to deter other possible migrants from choosing to seek British asylum. Well, that's all for me today. Thanks for listening. Thanks, Anna Giselle. Meanwhile, Robert Wilson, whose artist name is Fresh IE's latest song, is playing at the 110th Grey Cup Championship pregame telecast. Fresh IE has been in the industry for a long time, granting him three Juno and two Grammy nominations. The artist also has an educational mentorship called Edify and produces music. I spoke with Fresh IE about his artist's name and background with music. Um, well, it, it, it was my name when I was a younger teen. When I was a younger teen, uh, they used to be called, I used to be called Freshy, <laughs> and I couldn't get rid of it as, as I got older, but uh, 
has a, a way a, 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 a more more of a meaning now today than it did back in the day. So now it's fresh IE, which is fresh in eternity, which is basically uh, you know somebody who's brand new. Um, my life has changed in drastic ways, so I'm doing a lot of work, going in reserves and going into prison, and just you know trying to help you know help youth with suicide and mental health and things like that. So. Um, well, because I grew up, you know, I, I grew up, you know, in a rough, in a rough childhood, and, and just a lot of hardships in life. So, you know, when I, had, I knew that when I had an opportunity to, you know, to help pe- help young people who've come through the same things I've come through, uh, um, you know, that that uh, you know, that's what I wanted to do. That that's what my my purpose was, and I found that out, you know, around probably nineteen, I would say. I would say 2002 uh, when I was nominated for a Grammy Award, uh, which changed my life and, and uh, you know, really changed the direction of my life. And, of course, a lot with God, too, giving my heart to God and just trying to just, you know, do things in a different way than I was as a young as a young man. So, and so, yeah, and that's when the French IE became, became alive and my mission was to, you know, go out and reach out to youth and, help them understand, you know, like, wherever they're coming from, it doesn't matter from the, from the inner city or from the reserve, you know, um, there's a purpose for their life that there's, there's greatness inside of them. It just has to be unearthed. And so that's what I try to do now. I have a program called Edify, and I, I mentor young people and, you know, help, help them to try to unearth that greatness that's in them already. So two-time Grammy nominee, um, three-time Juno nominee, um, Lots of award nominations, and just you know, I've been in the hip hop scene since early '90s, um, and uh, so hip hop has always been a part of my life. Um, but and you know, I never really found true success in as a career, and so until probably you know early 2000s when I started to uh, use it as a tool to reach out to young people. So uh, music has been a refuge for me since I was a little kid, since the days in the projects here in Winnipeg. Um, I used to put my little ghetto blaster out and, you know, do Michael Jackson as a little kid and all the people who watched us in their windows. And I used to do a little routine and stuff like that. So I was always kind of entertaining as a kid and, you know, break dancing and that kind of stuff. So music has always been that refuge for me, um, you know, like that, that, that place of healing when I didn't understand that I needed healing. Still, it was what I was, what was, uh, keeping me in a good place, in a safe place as a young, as a young person. So, okay. so yeah, definitely I would say since a child, my childhood, but, but, uh, through, throughout my life, it's always been there. Like in, in my travels and my ups and downs, music has always been like one of the key components of, of who I am, you know, so. The song playing in the gray cup is entitled for the W. It is a collaboration with Winnipeg Blue Bomber player Brandon Alexander, whose artist name is A apostrophe B-A. According to the press release accessed by Met Radio, the song is an, quote, anthem, meant to encourage and pump up Winnipeg Blue Bomber players and fans. Fresh went into depth about the creation of the song and what it means to have it played at a football championship. Blue Bombers were making their Grey Cup run, um, and I decided, you know, I'm going to write a song, and, you know, just to encourage. My intention was, like, write a song, 
that they can play in the locker room when getting ready, to, you know, getting ready to come out on the field, and likewise for the community, for our city, to play in their cars during, you know, during the playoff games and in their parties where they can play it during touchdowns whenever they score, they can put it on. And that was the whole idea was like, well, you know, let's wanna write this song. And so, and I did, and then all of a sudden took off. And then I decided what I would do is, so if they won this playoff game, I'd write a newer version. The next playoff game, the next week, I would update it and change it fitting to whatever team they were playing. I would change the verses and all that stuff. So. Which leads up to this one, which I didn't plan on doing this year. Uh, I did it three years in a row, and I was like, you know what? I don't know if I want to do another one. And then next thing you know, I got an uh, I got an email from TSN. They wanted to do a feature story on one of the Blue Bombers that does music and me, and they wanted to do it around the song and have, you know, Brandon Alexander, which is one of the Blue Bombers. Uh, uh, he goes by the artist name uh, B-A, which is spelled A apostrophe B-A. And uh, and so TSM's like, we want to do a feature story for the Grey Cup and get Brandon involved and you and him do the song together, do a brand new version. Let's do it. So boom, and they say, you know, we're in the studio together and we're writing this song, but we wanted to make it not just about Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Of course, it's that's our team. That's our, you know, we love our team. But we also wanted to make it generic for also a single parent mother or for anybody who's just taking a lot of loss in life and just really trying to trying to trying to get that W, trying to win in life, you know, trying to trying to overcome obstacles. We wanted to write it in a way so that you know that you know to encourage people to champion in life and not just in 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 a, in a sport, but in life in general. That you know, we're, you got to keep pushing through the pain. You gotta keep pushing through all the things and the hardships you're facing and get that W, you know, get that championship, you know. So I love that concept. I'm like, let's let's do it. And so me and Brandon got our heads together in the studio. We wrote this new version, um, you know, to uh cheer on cheer on our team, but also to cheer on everybody that this you know, just going after that W in life as well. Yeah, I'm a massive bomb, of course bomber fan, a huge bomber fan. But a CFL fan in general, you know, I try to watch all the games, support the league in general. Um, I'm just, a, I'm a massive. If, if you see my place, it's like a giant man game. <laughs> it's like helmets and like shadow boxes all over with jerseys and stuff like that. So most definitely, I'm a, I'm a huge sports fan. And uh, if I'm not busy touring or traveling, doing workshops, I'm, I'm watching sports. I'm, you know, I'm connected to the local community here, trying to do what I can to, you know, be a part of the team or organization. And so, yeah, so that's it right there. That's that's what we're doing. So um, for the W, you know, this track here is to encourage our, our Blue Bombers to go after that great cap, go after that ring. And, uh, and, um, and, and then at the same time, it's for everybody out there that is just looking for that W in life to, to encourage them, you know. Um, you know what? It's a it's a huge honor, and and uh, you know just uh, you know I, I you know I I really feel a part of the team on this one because you know you know first you know you're doing the track with Brandon, he's such an amazing guy. You know he he does great work not just on the field but off the field. He's involved in the community and you know and you know uh, just doing things and being a part of of the city here 
And so, um, you know, it just—I just really, it's just really an honor to uh, have them airing it and to have the song go national like that. It's just a blessing. So I'm very thankful for that. And I—I uh, I, I don't take that for granted. I, you know, I really, really hope that it really is a tool. He also described what his next steps are. Well, right now I'm, I'm, um, we want, we're doing some touring in the new, in the new year. We want to go into some high schools and do some, um, some, um, some like workshop, like breakout sessions in schools with assemblies and then do evening concerts. Um, and just go into to schools and communities and just speak into the lives of young people, you know, about, you know, violence and all the things that, that the young people are dealing with today. There's so much things running rapid. And uh, a lot of times we think it's, you know, like, as, you know, it's, it's easy to get pulled into those traps, but those are just distractions. Those are things that are, you know, those are dream killers. And so we're trying to go in and really use our music as a tool to go and speak into their lives and say, hey, you know what, let's re- recalibrate our focus and realize that, hey, there's something down the road great. We don't know that's going to be there, but it's there. And we just got we just, we just to recalibrate who we are and focus on this education, focus on whatever it is that you got off track with. So which we want to go in and try and just speak into the lives of the, of the youth in Canada and go into high schools and do evening, uh, evening concerts and... and uh, just do that kind of work. So that's that's on the on, on the on the horizon right now. And then also I got, you know, two albums coming up next year, um, that I'm working on right now. And uh yeah, just mentoring and doing life. And Fresh left one piece of advice for artists. Um, I would say and that's a good question. I would just say it to any artist that thought they're making music, just to always be real with yourself and get your business together. You know, like, there's a lot of there's a lot of things. That, you know, what I've learned from being in the, the music industry is it's ninety percent business, ten percent music. Um, but at the same time, you have to have a good balance so you don't lose your passion for your artistry. Don't make it about money, but always protect your your investments and keep your circle small and yeah learn about publishing <laughs> that's a huge one so uh, but yeah i mean and at the same time when you're taking it when you when you when you when things aren't going right or it feels like you're keep hitting a wall like you know that wall is not there to hold you back it's actually there to help you help you climb higher and so when you when you when you hit that wall and you feel like you failed that failure is, you know, I always live by this, that it's better to aim high and fail than to aim low and succeed and settle for the norm. It's like, no, you, when you fail, that makes you better and then it makes you climb higher and makes you stronger. And next thing you know, you're over that wall and then there'll always be another wall down the road, but you just keep going and you don't stop. When the wall gets there, it's a reminder that, hey, it's time to get stronger now. It's time to, you know, it's time to uh, push through all this pain and, she was on the other side of this wall. You know what I'm saying? So, Here's a snippet of For the W to get you pumped up.
Finally, a rally is currently taking place in front of Health Minister Mark Holland's office. According to the media release obtained by Met Radio, the rally is being led by the Council for Canadians and supported by the Canadian Health Coalition and the Registered Nurses Association of Ontario. It started at 3 p.m. I spoke with Council for Canadians trade and privatization campaigner Nicholas Barry Shaw, who described what the organization is. Um, the Council of Canadians is uh, an organization uh, that campaigns for um, more democracy, for climate justice, and against corporate capture. It's been around since 1985. Um, it was really founded in opposition to the trend towards greater integration with the U.S. and the free trade deals that were being signed at that time. And for many years, it was uh, it was led by Maud Barlow. And we're continuing on uh, that fight today against, uh, against the kind of neoliberal transformation that Canada has undergone in the last years, uh, fighting for you know, decarbonization that leaves no worker behind, fighting for uh, the right to clean water for everybody, and as well fighting against privatization, including the privatization of our healthcare system. He also went into detail about pharmacare and what is going on in that world right now. Yeah, so pharmacare is a campaign that we've been working on for over a year, and basically it's a demand that the federal government create a universal public drug plan that covers all Canadians and makes sure that, uh, you know, like other healthcare services, uh, prescription drugs become uh, something that people have access to as a right and not dependent on how much money they have in their bank account. Uh, and I think that's really the unfinished business of Canadian Medicare is Pharmacare is the creation of this kind of uh, public drug insurance that would cover everybody and make sure nobody goes without uh, prescription drugs in Canada. Uh, because the reality is that there's you know, millions of people, uh, an estimated Four million people in Canada at any given time uh, who are skipping doses, who are not taking their medication as prescribed by their doctor because they don't have the money to pay for the, the uh, medication they need at the pharmacy. And it has all sorts of negative consequences on people's health, on their healthcare system, uh, and on our economy. And so we're fighting to change that through a public universal pharmacare plan. Yeah, so pharmacare is the policy that liberal government uh, under Justin Trudeau has promised to enact many times, um, perhaps most notably during the 2019 election. Uh, but it was a promise that was reiterated when uh, the liberal government signed the supply and conference deal with the NDP. 
Jagmeet Singh, where they committed finally to bringing in the public uh, universal uh, drug plan. And so we're coming up on, you know, that agreement had a bunch of deadlines for, for legislation to be passed. So the deadline that we're coming up on is uh, that the government uh, committed to passing a Canada Pharmacare Act uh, by the end of 2023. And uh, as, you, as you know, uh, we're less, uh, we have less than a month left of Parliament sitting, and so there's very little time to pass legislation uh, to hold up this kind of a deal. And so we are we're really urging the government to uh, you know get itself together and bring legislation that will create uh, this drug plan that they've been promising for, for over four years now. And Barry Shaw described the importance of the rally, how many were expected to attend, and some other details. Yeah, so we're rallying today at uh, 3 p.m. in front of the constituency office of Health Minister Mark Holland in Ajax. Um, one of the reasons that we're going there is because our organization has made many requests to meet with Mark Holland to talk to him about public universal pharmacare, and uh, we've had a lot of difficulty doing that. But we know that that's the case for other organizations, unions, and other groups that are defend public health care. Um, have often had difficulty getting uh, getting time to talk to the minister about the importance of a public uh, drug plan. And yet, when we look at the lobbying record, um, we see that Health Canada has been meeting with pharmaceutical companies lobbyists almost daily over the last two years since the Liberal government made the commitment to bring in a pharmacare plan. So we're really concerned that what they're doing is they're listening to uh, these big pharmaceutical companies and they're not listening to the people you know, uh, as poll after poll has shown, 90% of Canadians support uh, Pharmacare. Uh, and so we're also going to be using this occasion to drop off the petitions that we've collected in the last year of campaigning. We've collected over 10,000 signatures uh, at town hall events uh, when we had uh, chapters canvassing outside of pharmacies and uh, engaging in other activities in the community. And so, uh, you know, we just want to send a strong message telling Minister Holland to listen to the people, listen to its own experts, which have been telling them that you know, they should do this, this universal drug plan, um, and to not listen to, to Big Pharma. I mean, we're hoping to obviously raise awareness about the issue, both uh, you know, nationally and within Ajax, um, the community there. I think we're hoping to put a bit of pressure on the minister to meet with the Council of Canadians executive directors and uh, to meet with other organizations that have been campaigning and demanding, uh, you know, universal drug coverage for everybody. Um, because there's, there's just a, a huge number of people who are really struggling with the high cost of drugs in this country. It's not something that's talked about often enough and it's having really horrible consequences. The pharmacare plan could change that and, uh, you know, it's high time that we get. Uh, I would expect uh, a couple dozen people to come. Um, we're going to be showing up with, obviously, the petitions that we've signed, uh, over 10,000 signatures. We're That's our show. You've been listening to The Final Word on Met Radio 1280 AM in Toronto. 
I'm Gabriela Silva-Ponte. This episode was put together by myself and Anna Giselle Funisang. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you again next week.